0: Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Good day, everyone. Jeff Cross here. Welcome to the Uncommon, Gri- <laughs> Uncommon Drive Podcast. This is why Chad always does the intro because I'm usually not, I don't have my. My lips loose yet until fifteen minutes into it, so uh, it is good to see see everyone. Good to see you, Chad. How you doing today, buddy? You know what? I'm doing good, Jeff. Yeah, did you have a good
1: week? Uh, It has been a long week, but it's been a good week.
0: And it's only Thursday.
1: That's exactly right. (laughs) It's been the longest Monday ever,
0: right? (laughs) So we're it's uh you're hot and heavy in baseball season.
1: Yes. It does not stop right now. Yeah,
0: you know we're we're hot and heavy in baseball season for us at the at the high school level. Um, you know, obviously I'm not umpiring, but I'm seeing umpires and I'm coaching baseball. And um, we've only got a handful of games in because it's just been full of uh, rain and cold. And uh, but uh, all shout out to the umpires that are out there working. If they've come to Grace, or if I've seen you out there, you're you're muscling through the cold and the wet, and we appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I had a uh, a game yesterday that started. It The temperature said it was in the low 50s, but there was about a 20-mile-an-hour wind mm-hmm. and rain for the first four and a half innings, yep. and it felt like it was the Antarctic uh, <laughs> the entire game. I had a hood on. Mm-hmm. I had gloves. I didn't care what anybody thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's cold. It's well, just that time yeah, of listen.
0: year. My buddy Sam used to always say, we're not about making fashion statements right now. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm just tra- trying to stay out of the flu strain, is all I'm trying to yep. do. So, yeah, uh, it's it's been the same for us. You know, we have, you know, we get, it's interesting dealing with high school kids, how they think, and I'm sure, I bet it's the same with adults, except where we, we tend to give into it a little bit more. Is high school kids think it still only takes 30 minutes to warm up, whether it's 40 degrees or 70. Yep. And I feel like adults feel that same way, but they tend to give in to like, wait a second, I'm going to need a few extra minutes here. So I hope you all are uh, taking care of your body that way. Um, I, I, it has been, it, if I shift back to basketball for a second, so far I've been, you know, I, I kind of got a head start on the off season for me mm-hmm. or the training season for me uh, because of the accident. But so far this has been a very productive training season for me. So I'm, I'm very satisfied with it.
1: That's awesome. You know, you mentioned that idea of, you know, warming up or whatever, that is a massive difference that I see between basketball and baseball. Um, you know, I'm in a locker room with basketball officials before a game Mm -hmm. and we're in a controlled 72 degree Mm. climate And yet I see people with their percussion massage guns. (laughs) They got their, you know, their exercise straps, you know, doing their stretching Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the officials will spend 15, 20 minutes just doing stretching. Mm -hmm. Then they're up and they're jogging down the hallway. Then we get out to the court and they're, you know, doing some side to side movement or whatever while we're watching teams, you know, before the game starts just to get everything loosened up and ready to go. And, uh, and then, you know, and, and, and our movements on a basketball court are, are pretty fluid. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we jog or we run if there's a fast break or something and then we stop and then we go again, but there's definite starts, definite stops. And there's not a lot of herky jerky movement that mm-hmm. happens in between it. Baseball, all we have is herky-jerky movement. Yeah, you know, and we got all sorts of weird crouches and positions. And when you're out on the bases, your hands on knees set, which yeah. puts pressure in all sorts of spots. And behind the plate, obviously, you know, you're you're going to do 350 squats a game mm-hmm. um, with what's going on. And yet, I see very few baseball umpires taking the opportunity to really stretch and get their body ready. For that, and we're not in a seventy-two degree controlled climate.
0: Yeah, very rarely, right? You know, for mm-hmm.
1: that, and so uh, I, I think it's something if you're out there listening, baseball umpires. One of the best ways you can be taking care of your body during this cold weather junk and all is just to prep before the game. Mm-hmm. You know, because we do have sudden movements and dives to get out of the way of a line drive that's you know right at our chest or whatever might be there, and and, and we need to be taking care of ourselves.
0: Why do we think? we're not i remember when i was baseball umpire i didn't do that either of course i don't know that i do it in basketball either mm-hmm. um just kind of i've been just kind of how i was i wasn't really a stretcher um but why do you think baseball umpires don't do it
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it's just it, it's not done as much it's not you know i mean i think some of it goes back to when a lot of baseball umpires start out we start out um getting dressed in a parking lot, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's for a, a little league game or a high school game, whatever. So when we're working up the ranks, we're out in an environment where that's not super easy to do. You know, it's not fun sitting down on a gravel parking lot to yeah. go stretch out or or whatever. And and because we're exposed, you know, I, I don't want to put on all my plate gear and then stretch, You're you right. know, whatever. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, in the locker room, you know we have something in in basketball lingo i guess you call it where it's dressed down right you know yeah. which is where we we may put on our spandex or whatever and then you got a you know a, a pair of gym shorts and a t-shirt you throw on over top of it right and so even if we have a mixed crew male female mm-hmm. we can all be in the same room and we're talking and we're pre-gaming but we can still be stretching yep. while we're doing that mm-hmm. you know uh, baseball, we really don't have that. I mean, we, we wear just as much spandex because we're protecting our legs from the <laughs> straps of the, you know, shin guards and stuff yeah. like that.
0: And long underwear. Yes, and, and right? 14 other layers yeah. underneath <laughs> right.
1: that. My, you know, battery-operated vest to get me through the day. <laughs> but but those kinds of things, I, I think, are just a little bit, a little bit different in the, the baseball scenario compared to the basketball. So the
0: conditions are not conducive to stretching out.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it's that. And, you know, again a lot of people start when they're young because again they're working those little league games. They're working at whatever. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest. We just don't stretch when we're young or at least we didn't used to. I, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the generation that's out there now is doing more of that. Um, i 'll see that when i when I go to a school or i do something i 'll see you know p e classes doing more of that than, than at least what I remember doing when yeah. I was that age of mm-hmm. course it's it's been a day or two since I was that age it wasn't last year <laughs> that 's right <laughs> but uh you know I think that could play into it as as well
0: yeah it's definitely how we 're raised right i mean mm-hmm. you know if you're raised younger to you know they' figured out that hey stretching is good people do more stretching so maybe maybe as as umpires get You know, this younger generation of umpires come into a higher level or even, you know, they start and they're like, I'm going to start stretching a little bit more. So I I would also say that I think umpires in general don't necessarily, baseball umpires and softball umpires, don't necessarily see that as an an activity, an active situation where you need to be stretched out. Mm. Oh, I'm just standing at first base. Every once in a while, I'll go over to second. I'm just standing behind the plate you know if i get too tired i'll stand up straighter you know what i mean mm-hmm. obviously when you get to higher levels and you want to really want to excel at what you're doing you know that's not going to happen but i think when you first start and you whether you're 25 years old or even if you're 35 and your first game is a little league game you think you're just going to go out there and stand behind the plate and watch balls come over the plate so i believe that's has something to do with it they don't necessarily i think of it as an activity that is going to require a strenuous activity so
1: yeah, no, I, I agree. I remember my first week or two of the baseball season this year, I uh, I would get a couple games in, and then either because of cold or because of rain or whatever, then I'd go a couple days without. Mm. And that was miserable <laughs> because, you know, you get those muscles going, and now instead of being able to keep them going, now they're sore for two days. Yeah. And then you go out again, And because you didn't do anything those two days beforehand in those same kind of motions, now they get sore again, you know, or they get sore again. I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy when it, uh, when it happens like that. And so I think, I think for, for a lot of us, as we look at whatever sport that we do, um, especially as we get older, we just need to take into consideration more of, 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 that kind of stuff. And, you know, Jeff and I, uh, we're actually recording two different podcasts today. That's um, what we often do, uh, we do. whenever we're recording. Uh, we try to make good use of our time mm. um, so that that way uh, we can make good use of, of your time and not just ramble everywhere with what we do. Uh, and we try to come in with a plan. Some days those plans are better than others. And, and we originally planned to uh, record our episodes uh in one order, but I, I think we're going to flip that order right now because of kind of where we've gone here. That's Are you serious? Right. I'm dead serious. So I, oh, I've got Jeff yeah, all, you know all how set good up and I am
0: on plans. Once we have a plan, I don't like That's to right. deviate from the plan. Which I'm totally lying about. As you're going to (laughs) find out
1: in this particular podcast, (laughs) this is why Jeff is lying. why he's so good at coach communication, because he doesn't have to stick to the truth. That might be the truth. That's
0: why I made it married for 30 years.
1: (laughs) You know, it's it's true that as officials, we do things really differently. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've been in... uh, I've been in locker rooms where you know you got two officials like we were just talking about that are stretching out and they're getting ready, and that's what they absolutely need to get through that game. And that other person may be like Jeff, who's sitting over in the chair with his leg crossed, mm-hmm. you know, flipping through the rule book or doing whatever pregame and looking at some plays on their iPad. And then five minutes before we're supposed to head out the door, hops up, puts on his uniform. Ties his shoes and walks out the door. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, we just, we do things differently. Not everybody does it the same. And sometimes Jeff and I, in part, because at least on the basketball side, you know, Jeff played a a huge role in mentoring me Mm. in what I have learned on the basketball court. And uh, I can't blame everything that I do on Jeff. Um, you Only know, the good stuff. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know, I've had lots of other people that have been super gracious to me and have, have poured into my officiating life. But but Jeff's had a, a definite, significant role for me, and so that means that there's a lot of things that we're on the same page about because we have a pretty similar philosophy in sure. part because he passed a lot of that philosophy on to me and I I've, I've seen how it works. It's not like I just took it and said, "Okay, I must do this because this is the Jeff Cross way." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like the Mandalorian, this is the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. it uh, it's it's the kind of thing where I Wait, I've Mandalorian? It
0: what is that? Is the Star Wars? No,
1: don't even. Don't do that to me, I, Jeff. Don't I, break my heart in I, the middle of a podcast. I truly yes, don't know. it's Star Wars. Oh
0: my god. Oh, goodness. it is Star Wars. It okay. Star I've never Wars. seen that
1: movie. Okay movie it's a tv show disney plus pull out of the 1980s at some point please and catch up with us here in the 2020s mr tiktok i'm gonna work on
0: it i'm gonna work on it all right
1: (laughs) so i i obviously have seen the things that jeff's done but then i've seen how they apply to the game and because of that that's why i've chosen to adopt those things Mm because i've seen them work and i've seen them work for me but I've, i've had lots of people pour into me from the baseball side and you know, you'll, you'll go to a camp or a clinic. You'll hear something from one clinician and then you'll hear something from another clinician. And it seems like they're two totally different things. Mm-hmm. And the reason that it seems like they're two totally different things is because they're two totally different things. Right. One of them does it one way and the mm-hmm. other one does it another way. Mm-hmm. And it's not that one's right and one's wrong. It's just that they're different. I agree. And there might be an assigner that likes one way better than the other. And if that's the case and you want to work for that assigner, you better figure out how to do it that way. Uh, There could be some national coordinators that like things one way more than another. And if you're looking to advance into the postseason, you may want to know what that person's looking for and, and be able to do it that way. Uh, But there are a few things when it comes to officiating uh, and and even life in general. You know, we talk about how this podcast isn't just about sports, but we use sports officiating as a lens to look at, you know, life and leadership and legacy. And uh, there are a few areas that Jeff and I do not agree. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was it was interesting. Jeff sent me a, a video earlier this week. Check this out. Yeah. And. I forget how long the video was. It was less than 30 seconds. Yeah, it wasn't I think. Long. You know, it wasn't it wasn't super long. But in that video, this person made I think three different statements about goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and goals are something that I'm really big on and Jeff's not. Right? I agree. Yeah.
0: Uh, yep.
1: <laughs> I, I think that's. A, I think that's a fair statement for yep. both of us. Mm-hmm. And so he sent me this thing that it was this video, and it kind of gave like three reasons why goals were not a good thing. And Jeff wasn't like, "Ha I'm right," or he's just like, "Hey, check this out." Right. right.
0: Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Re- <laughs> I said, I know you and I talk about this stuff all the time. So I thought I'd share it with you. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that was exactly it.
1: I mean, that's just I mean, there's there's nothing in your face about it. There's nothing, you know, pointing a finger. None of that. Just, hey, this is something we talk about. I want to share this information. Right. And so I responded in the way that I do best. I sent him the kind of text that you have to flick up with your thumb 17 times You're to be scrolling. able to finish <laughs>
0: right. <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> reading boy, it, right? <laughs> and I'm giving
1: a semi-dissertation on what I think about each one of those uh, one of those points. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily disagree with all the points, sure. but I gave reasonings around some stuff at all. And we said, you know what? This This I think would be really good because I think a lot of us as sports officials – setting goals is something we're either told to do by people like you'll go to camp okay what are your goals for this next year when you fill out clinic forms yeah i know it, it actually says on there mm-hmm. what are your goals yeah. for camp mm-hmm. what are your goals for the upcoming season and since jeff and i come at this from uh, from different sides we're going to call today's episode the great debate
0: <laughs> all right great all right
1: and uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit as, about, as i win <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit about goal setting uh how that can apply to your life or not and uh and then uh if it is something that you do what does that look like and if it's not something that you do what does that need to look like for you as an official so jeff let's just start real cut dry simple um what is what's your feeling about setting goals when it comes to being an official or just in life in general? And, and why do you kind of, of take that, that point of view?
0: Yeah. So I am not a goal setter, right? I mean, I, I, and I, I think that's, I don't want to be too hard with the statement. Like I am not a goals at I'll never set a goal. I don't know that that's the case. I think success is not, the only way you can have success is by setting goals. I think that is totally false. I think there are many, many people that are very successful and never once set a goal to have whatever the number one podcast in the country, Joe Rogan, right It's not like he said hey I'm going to do this so I could be the number one podcast I didn't start officiating so I could be the you know one of the top division one officials in the country i didn't start that stuff that wasn't wasn't a goal, so I don't believe in that stuff. I believe in um, uh, small successes through day-to-day actions that in turn a year later we go Jeff's a different person Jeff, Jeff found himself, oh geez next thing you know Jeff's working the Big Ten conference. how'd that work did you think he set a goal for that? Nope I didn't set a goal for it. I set a goal to be a very good division three referee, a very good division two referee I you know I, I was not afraid to take chances you know those are the things I do and that's how I see it. I don't operate very well on setting a goal and then maybe not achieving that goal. And now I have to fight that that mental setback for me. Go, oh, geez, I failed again. Not that I'm afraid of failure, but I feel like it's just it's just a mental setback for me. And I believe it makes... i I believe setting goals makes you way too structured for the real world. The real world doesn't always... Have situations where, hey, oh, you're setting a goal, don't worry, then everything's gonna go perfect for you. So we can have you set this, you can reach this goal. It's just how it works, I believe.
1: Okay. And to give you a, a little insight into to where I stack up with that, I, I believe goals are very important for me. Um, and uh, I, I believe that having things in our life that are identifiable. And a measurable help us achieve. And so, what I mean by that is if I just set a goal of saying, I want to be a good official, oh, that's hard to identify and that's hard to measure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I said, I have a goal of saving $100 a month into my savings account, oh, Well, that's easy to identify, Mm -hmm. and it's easy to measure. If I put $100 in my savings account this month, then I accomplished that goal. If I put $90 in my savings account this month, I did not accomplish my goal. Very easy to measure that outcome, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When we think about the sports world, right? A coach might have a goal of winning the conference regular season. Right. okay, well, that's a easily identifiable, easily measurable goal. At the end of the season, did they have more wins than any other team in their conference? If they did, then they accomplished that goal. And if they didn't, then they did not accomplish that goal. Uh, so for me, uh, I think that's very helpful because it constantly gives me a measuring stick to see where I'm at, Okay. Now, the one piece then that I'll begin to add to that, though, that I think does reflect a little bit of what Jeff was saying, is that I am not a ride or die on one big goal kind of person. So if you were to ask me, Chad, do you want to be a Division One NCAA basketball referee? My answer is Yes. I don't have a goal of working the big 10. I don't have a goal of working the Missouri Valley conference tournament. Mm -hmm. I I don't have that. My goal is very simply to be a division one basketball referee. Okay. That's measurable. And am I assigned division one basketball games to work next season? If I am, then guess what? I accomplished that goal. If I'm not, then guess what? I haven't accomplished that goal yet, right? But that's not my only goal. If that was my only goal, then I think I would feel that struggle that you talked about—that you know, that that mental struggle of not accomplishing the goal. So let's just say that's my my big audacious goal, my bag that some people talk about, right?
0: Or yeah, big or wig wally important goal, right? Mm Yeah.
1: So if, if I had, if I had that as my big goal, well, my next goal might be, well, I want to be a regular division two basketball referee, right? Where that's, that's my thing. And some people might struggle with that because they would say, well, well, Chad, that's, that's not a goal that you can control because you're not the one assigning division Mm -hmm. two or division one games. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true, but there's lots of things in life that I can't control. Lots and lots of things. I, I could set a goal of losing 20 pounds by next basketball season. And people would say, well, that's something you can control. Well, not if I get injured in a car wreck.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And I can't work out for the next mm-hmm. four months. Not if something happens to me physically and I have to be on some sort of steroid medication mm-hmm. for the next four months. That it causes planted, weight gain or mm-hmm. whatever else. You know, there are lots of things in our life that we don't have control over. But I believe that setting what I call tiered goals, I believe tiered goals help me accomplish far more than I would have accomplished had I not set those goals.
0: I, I get it. I, I understand you can you can paint it all pretty <laughs> with your tiered and your those, those kind of things. But, you know, I, I rewind back to when I went to umpire school. When I went to umpire school, I wanted to be a professional umpire really, really bad. Sure. That was like the goal, right? The air quotes, the goal. And I can tell you back then, I, that's, I looked at goals a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a goal and I didn't make it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was, I mean, I was devastated for a long time. You know, I was, you know, basically had to admit to my friends and family that I failed. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what it would have been if I wouldn't have said this is my goal to go be a professional umpire. If I would have said, you know what, I, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to learn the rules. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take. Uh, I'm going to try and mature as much as I can inside of baseball umpiring um, for, for the next nine months. So I'm at least prepared for as much as possible. You know, would it would that have been different for me? Would I have not been so hooked on wanting this goal so bad? Because I can remember. I can remember it distinctly when I got called back for um, a second plate evaluation. You know, I, I was putting myself in a tiz because I wanted it so bad mm-hmm. that I believe I didn't perform very well. And if I would have just concentrated on the performance, not the goal, would it that would it have been differently? I don't know, but I do know this: when I stepped into officiating basketball and I decided to say, "Okay, I'm, I'm going to like to try and referee NCAA basketball," I never worried about the goal. I just want to perform. I, I'm going to do. What I know how to do, and what I've learned how to do, and what my training has taught me to referee, and then constantly continue to develop that skill, and then the success—you know, whatever you want to call it—I it never was a goal. What it's, it's everyone wants to do things, mm-hmm. but it's not a goal. You know, it's it just wasn't a goal. Like, man, I got—I really, really, really want to reach this goal of. Whatever, NCAA tournament. I just never thought of it that way. I really, really want to be in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. No, my my I just want to perform every day at a high level. And after that, that means I've done what I've c i have I can do. Because if my goal is to let's just say work the Big Ten Conference Tournament in basketball, if that's my goal and I'm putting myself up against twenty other people that are mm-hmm. better than me the goal may be literally impossible to reach. Sure. So once ins- so now once ins- so I'm focused so much on that goal instead of going go out and perform. Just go perform, work on developing your skill, your craft, your rules knowledge, your physical conditioning, all that stuff and then however that works out it works out. So I feel like when I don't set goals, I can adapt to a different thing so much easier. If I woke up this morning and said, I mean, I got three goals today, get the podcast done, um, fill the bus up with gas and get the equipment loaded up on the the deal, on the, on the bus or whatever that might be, right? Well, if I get a phone call at noon, mother-in-law's got a sump pump problem, but you're messing up my goals. I feel like that would, I wouldn't be able to just, okay, let's make a right-hand turn, take care of this. I'm not going to let this ruin my day. So I, that's why I. That's why I act that way. I guess.
1: Okay, and of course, then my pushback since we talk about pushback half the like time, this to word, time, time yeah. right? So my pushback would be is that's
0: that- that's a Chad's code way of saying you're wrong, Jeff. <laughs> I'm just messing.
1: No, my my pushback would be is what what you're doing is setting goals, but they're not goals that have the power to control you. Okay.
0: So why and set some, them?
1: Some people. Well, some people. But but you already did. You said today, I need to. I need to record the podcast. Mm-hmm. I need to fill the bus up with gas. I need to load up the equipment. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Th- those things you need to do. That's a goal for your day. Right now, if something more important comes up, mm-hmm. then guess what? That that more important thing trumps your goal. I agree. And I'll give you a perfect example for this. So I had a conversation just two days ago. With a great young umpire, great young umpire, good dude, Um, hard worker, has invested a significant amount of money in camps, has invested a significant amount of money in his equipment and travel and all those things that we do to to try to get better, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he made this statement to me. He said, Chad, um, this is my last year for a while. I'm taking a few years off. I said, oh, really? What's going on? Now, he could have given me 10 different answers that would have been valid or invalid to me, Mm -hmm. right? He could have said, well, you know, I just haven't gotten as far as I want to go, so I'm going to take a few years off until somebody new is assigning the conferences, and then I'm going to come back, okay? That could have been valid to him. Probably would have been invalid to me, right? Okay, He could have said... I'm really struggling with availability at my job. And so I can't work as many days as I would like to work. And so I'm just going to take some time off. And that probably would have been invalid to me. I would have been like, well, then just work on the days you can work, you know, stay with it, keep plugging Mm -hmm. away. Right. This is what he said to me. He said, my kids are eight and 10 now. And I'm missing out on stuff on the weekends with them. And, I don't want to miss out on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Valid valid reason for him. Doesn't matter if it's a valid reason for me or not, but I definitely see that as a valid reason. He's making a choice. That thing is more important than his goal. And, and he does have a goal of, of being a Division I you know, umpire. But that other thing is more, it, it's a bigger goal mm-hmm. to him than having that. And so to me, that's that's a difference. I think there are some people that get so caught up in goals that they get tunnel vision, right?
0: Agreed. I agree. I agree. You, and And yeah. we
1: talk about it in baseball all the time. We'll talk about somebody who is tunneling a pitch. So a, a plate umpire, their job is to track the pitch from the time the ball leaves the pitcher's hand until the time the ball is completely caught by the catcher. But what a lot of umpires will do is they'll think they're tracking the ball all the way in with their eyes. But what they're really doing is they've got this tunnel they're looking through and they see the ball through that tunnel and their eyes really don't change. And that tunnel will extend to about 10 feet out in front of home plate. And that umpire has made up their decision on that pitch by the time the ball gets through that tunnel. And so because of it, they never see the pitch finish. Mm-hmm. And so if you see a an umpire who's really struggling with borderline pitches, especially like up or down, mm-hmm. more times than not, the reason they're struggling with those pitches is because they are tunneling, okay? okay. They're becoming fixated on a point, and because mm-hmm. they're fixated on a point, mm-hmm. they're not seeing the whole picture, mm-hmm. right? I think that happens when it comes to us setting goals. So... I want to be a division one basketball referee. I want to work more division one baseball games that I'm currently working. I want, uh, I want to get the promotion at my job. I want to set aside X amount of dollars for retirement. I want to, uh, I want to buy a boat to enjoy time on the water with my family. I want to save up money to take a vacation with my friends, I, whatever those things. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. can be goals in life. Cause again, this isn't just about what happens on and off the, or on the, on the sports field or on the, you know, on the court. When, when I set those goals, those goals are most effective when they are set within the framework of what our life is. If the goal becomes my life, now I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now I am tunnel visioning, but if the goal is set against the background, against the framework of my life, now it makes sense. So if my goal is to be a Division One basketball referee, I have all sorts of small goals leading up to that. Started out, I just want to be an NCAA referee. I can't mm-hmm. be a D one until I've been, you know. So hey, I got hired in D three. Woohoo! I'm an NCAA referee. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. I get the same book that the D one people get, right? <laughs> right Rules right. are the same. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, well, now I I want to work predominantly in CAA basketball. That means I'm working more of it than I'm working JUCO or high school or whatever else, right? All right, well, I I wanna work I wanna work a conference tournament. I wanna, you know, and again, I don't have control over all those things. I wanna work a division two game. I want to I work Division II conference games. I don't, so now I, I set all of these small stair-stepped goals, right? And I have them out in front of me within the framework of my life, understanding that, okay, here's my availability, and here's my age, and here's my all these different things that can factor into whether or not I can accomplish these goals. Mm-hmm. And at the end of my basketball officiating career, if I have not accomplished the goal of being a division one referee, I'm still going to be able to turn around and look back at about 16, 17, 18 goals that I did accomplish.
0: I understand that. Yeah.
1: You know, mm-hmm. and I, I see a lot of people, I'm very fortunate that I was able to lose a lot of weight and keep a lot of weight off. And and I've, I've been pretty successful in my, in my health journey. And I'd, I'd still like to get further along the where I am. And I hear people, they'll start out, they are like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a horrible goal. If it's your only goal. Right? You know what? My goal is to lose five pounds this month. Right? Well, that's, that's an achievable goal. It's a measurable goal. It's an identifiable goal, but it's an achievable goal. Set some achieve, some goals that you know that with your effort alone, Your focus alone, you can achieve them. So you are building a track record of accomplishing some goals.
0: And this is where I'm going to push
1: back. Okay.
0: So if I set this goal, we'll stay in the weight loss realm. Yep. At 50 pounds. Yep. This, whoever this person is, says, I want to lose 50 pounds. You as an outlier go, that's a bad goal.
1: Yep. You need to set a five or a 10 or whatever that is. You can still set the 50. That's fine, but that's that that's that big audacious goal. So
0: we set the five or ten. Yep. And now, they don't reach the five or ten. Mm-hmm. They don't reach the five or ten. When really, you know, I like to use the analogy, right? Uh, as I heard in the book, um, if I have an apple in one hand and a bag of Doritos in the other. You don't need a professional nutritionist to tell you which one's
1: better for you to eat. The Dorito? Oh, sorry, no, I got that uh, wrong. Right, <laughs> it's the apple. <laughs> sure.
0: Right. So it's not about setting the goal. It's about waking up in the morning and go. I have to make better decisions. Okay. If I make better decisions, automatically, whether I lose weight or not, if I get if I get hooked in on this on this on this number of ten pounds or five pounds, and I sat around and ate apples all day, and I didn't lose the five pounds, you're going to give up on the diet. But when I understand, and I and I forget the goal, I understand an apple is better for me than Doritos. I will eat an apple. And I'm healthier. And maybe a side effect is that I lose weight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No different than officiating. If I understand reading the rule books instead of watching more Povich, the side effect is going to be better performed games, which is going to be more games, which is going to be another conference. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the goal is important. It's understanding that your decisions that you make throughout the day is the important part. The goal is the side effect. Okay. So, because when I don't reach the goal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I go, I throw the towel in, screw it, give me Doritos and, and a, you know, and, and uh, whatever, quarter pound cheeseburgers. And I'm back to ground zero again when I just, I've set this, I can set a goal. Sure. Hey, I want to work in the NBA.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I could set that goal. That goal means nothing. Even if I, a small goal, I want to win the conference championship in baseball. Yep, That could be a small goal. That goal means nothing. What I need to do is I need to understand mm-hmm. what it takes to perform well in a baseball field. Batting practice, you know, fielding, pitching, all those things. I gotta, you know, I gotta be find ways to get my worst pitcher better and my best pitcher greater. Mm -hmm. I gotta find ways for that to happen, and then the side effect
1: will be the conference championship. So what what I find interesting about this is that you know some of this could simply be a terminology. Some of this can be a, a mindset. Uh, some of it can just be past experience and how we respond to things. Um, because I like the idea of having identifiable, measurable goals. I've said that. Um, what you're talking about is setting goals. They may not be as measurable, however. Okay, my goal is I'm going to make healthier choices today. I'm going to choose the apple instead of choosing the Dorito, mm-hmm. right? Now, I'm I'm going to make a blanket statement, and blanket statements are difficult, especially in the day and age that we live in. Right. All right? Uh, so the blanket statement that I'm going to make, and then I have at least one analogy that I, I think will prove it, uh, is that I think there are fewer people that think like you than there are that aren't. And here's why I would say that. You you have a baseball team. How many games you guys played so far?
0: Uh... Three.
1: Okay. I'm not going to ask for your record. Okay. But I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Have you won more games or have you lost more games? Lost. Okay. You've lost more games. Mm -hmm. You're three games into a season. Mm -hmm. You've lost more games than you've won. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody surrounding your baseball program that is frustrated and upset that you have lost more games than you've won? I have no idea. No kid that's frustrated that you've lost that you have won a game. I'm
0: making some assumptions and okay. saying yes. All right. Okay.
1: Parents.
0: Yeah, I'm making right. some assumption. That's yes.
1: Cool. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the reason you're making that assumption is because that's pretty general. If mm-hmm. I were to ask you, would the kids on your baseball team come out every single day and practice as hard as you want them to practice and play as hard as you want them to play if you didn't keep score at your games? Right. I agree. Would they do it? No, they would not. They would not. If you if you told your kids from the beginning, you know what? Um, There's. Let's say that you were the coach at the worst team in the history of baseball ever, right? And you told that team, "Hey, look, we know we're probably not going to win a baseball game this year. So here's what we decided: None of our games count this year. We're not going to keep score at any of our games." Cause we know the likelihood is a hundred percent that we're not going to win a game. Do you think your team would be in favor of doing that? I, I would say no. Okay. The reason is, it's because we all like goals. The goal of playing a baseball game is to win the baseball game. Yes. And, and most, most players would say, if I have a chance to win one game out of 20, I will go through the frustration of losing the nineteen, sure, mm-hmm. rather than to say we just have twenty scrimmages this year. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the outcome of a baseball game is identifiable and measurable. Mm-hmm. We know at the end of the game. I love it. You'll go to one of these little like pickup basketball leagues where they're teaching young kids how to play, right? And they don't keep score, mm-hmm. like they really don't do it, right? Yeah, right? And at that age, the kids don't know any better. They don't care. They're yeah. out there having fun with their friends. Guess right. what? Every parent in the stand is doing that's keeping score. Yeah. Every parent is keeping score. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And so one of the reasons I thought this'd be really fun to talk about today and, and we're not going to belabor it a long time, you know because uh, I think you you can see the the different philosophies that are here, but I absolutely agree with what Jeff's saying. I think that in order to accomplish goals, we have to set those daily practices of making the right choices. You know, okay, if if I want to lose 20 pounds, one way I can choose, I can lose 20 pounds is by cutting off my left leg. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. I will lose 20 pounds. Yep. I'll probably lose a whole lot more a little than bit that. More, right? right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't help me long-term. That, that doesn't help me be successful. That's not a wise choice. Right. That's a harmful choice mm-hmm. to help me accomplish a goal. And there's people who have made really poor choices in the process of trying to accomplish a goal you know they've given up on family they've given up on friends they've allowed other things to you know take precedence in their life or whatever it might be making those small daily choices like you said to choose the apple instead of the dorito Mm -hmm. to choose to focus on batting practice rather than just the outcome of the game Mm -hmm. but again the reason that you're wanting that team to do that is so that ultimately They can accomplish that Mm -hmm. in the course of a game, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, I I think there's probably people out here listening to this today that when they heard Jeff say, you, you don't need to set goals. They're like, oh, thank God, (laughs) because they have felt that pressure, right? Mm -hmm. They've, they've done that. And so then my challenge to those people would be, okay, but what are those things in your life that maybe do need a goal? What, what, are, what are maybe those one or two things where even if they're small, achievable, what are some things that can help push you further down the road by, by having a goal? And then for those people that are more like me, that are driven by goals, that need to have them written out and laminated and posted on the wall or whatever they might be, my question for you is, where are you being tunnel vision? Where is that a detriment to you? And how can you take a step back and look at Jeff's philosophy and say, okay, what are the choices I need to be making today that may lead me to that point that maybe are the more important question for me to ask today than am I a division one referee? Have I gotten the promotion? Have I saved half a million dollars for retirement? Have I, whatever those things are, you know, because I think there are sides of both that if, if we're somebody that leans one way or the other, We probably need to just grab a little bit from the other side to help us push where we need to go.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I would—I mean, our our terminology of goal or stepping goals or whatever it is can—I would even call them, you know, our task for the day. Mm -hmm. You know, our task or our assignment. But I, I think the biggest thing I want people to understand is when we put this goal or as you're saying you know, the goal is to win the game right mm-hmm. when we put that on there and we don't, we're fighting the the action of we're not good enough, we're fighting the action of failure. we're fighting the action of I don't want to do this anymore. you know in the classroom when you got a kid who mean is doing everything they can do to pull off a C, you know and we're grading them and the goal is an A right you know the every every teacher out there wants you to get an A and your mom and dad want you to get an A or just passing whatever that might be and when they don't do it they're deflated they're you know it's three more days for them to get past that in order to start working on that project again when really if we could say the task is when I get my science homework I'm going to do it mm-hmm. that's my task right now the side effect will be a passing grade. The side effect, oh, when I get my uh, whatever, my, uh, my notes on the quiz that's coming up on Friday, I'm going to study for that. That's the task. The side effect will be I get another, I get a better grade on it. I may or may not, but at least we know where it, so okay, I, the, so I, I didn't pass. Well, that means I probably didn't study hard enough or didn't know the information or didn't get it in enough time or whatever that may be. So when we don't win a game, I don't want those kids to think of it. I don't want moms and dads to think of it. If we failed because we've lost, we need to go back to our daily tasks that are going to make us hopefully achieve that win. Because we all want to win. Every, I, I can't, I'll never say that. Hey, listen, I'm just doing this. You know, I'm hoping to lose. But I also do know this, and I tell my kids all this, somebody's got to lose the game. Somebody's got to win it. Sometimes a team is just better than you are, so we have to do our tasks on a day-to-day basis. More, we got to get more reps in. You know, I, I'm probably not going to go out and beat a baseball team who's been playing together for the past four years, where I've got nine kids that just met three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not probably not going to do that because they've been doing those tasks, those same tasks, for the past four years, which has caused them to be at the skill level they are four years later. Where I'm not that, so yeah, I'm. I I can't win that. I can't. The goal's never going to be achieved. Mm -hmm. So my task, day to day task, has to be the same same thing with the Division One referee, right? Well, if I walk in, you you know, you walk in and go, hey, listen, you know, I want to be a Division One referee. Well, is your skill level going to be the same as the Jeff Cross who's been doing it for twenty years, Mm -hmm. and, and had these tasks that he's been doing day to day? I'm not saying you can't catch up to that, but. If, if you pay attention to the day-to-day task, the side effect will be the Division One assignment.
1: And this is then a, a great kind of bow to to tie on this. Failing does not make you a failure. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing, and, and that's the struggle that some people have when it comes to goals. And again, I don't care if we're talking about the individual game, mm-hmm. if we're talking about a season, if we're talking about you know, a, a significant long-term goal, whatever it might be. Um, we have such a negative stigma attached to failing. Mm-hmm. When you look at some of the most successful people our world has ever known, they failed and failed epically. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we look at Henry Ford as the, you know, the, the inventor, the creator of the, the modern industrial movement Mm -hmm. in, you know, the U S and he failed multiple times before he ever found success. Thomas Edison has more patents than anybody in history. And yet so many of the things that he invented were epic failures. Mm -hmm. You know, we just saw this last week, one of the, the men who's considered to be one of the top three or four college basketball coaches of all time failed mm-hmm. in his bid to win a national championship on his way out the door. And not only that, but did mm-hmm. it to their arch rival. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Lost his last game on his home court to mm-hmm. that team. Lost his last college game that he'll coach against that team. And yet there is nobody. Nobody in the world that would call Mike Shashevsky a failure. Right. But it's also a fact that he failed. Mm -hmm. In that game, he failed. In that season, he failed to win the championship. But when you look back over his career, he succeeded a whole lot more than he failed. And for some of us, that may actually be listed in wins and losses. For some of us it might be that we succeeded more in those daily choices that mm-hmm. Jeff was talking about each and every day. I chose the apple a whole lot more than I chose the Doritos. Mm-hmm. I chose to get up and do my workout rather than hitting the snooze button two more times. Mm-hmm. I chose to go in and read that story with my kid before bedtime rather than vegging out in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. I you know what whatever those you know those tasks as Jeff talked about or you know, if you want to call them small goals, whatever, when, when you have those things out in front of you, you know, failing does not make you a failure. And so here's what then I would ultimately say about those big audacious goals. If your big audacious goal is something that will leave you at the end of your life, feeling like a failure, if you didn't accomplish it, then there's something more going on than you and your goal. Because what you're doing is you're attaching your Mm self-worth to that goal. Mm -hmm. Your self-worth does not come from a goal. Mm -hmm. I personally believe that your self-worth comes from relationships. You know, for me, my self-worth comes from my faith. My self-worth comes from those connections that I have. And so, if your self worth is whether or not you worked the Big Ten tournament, that's that's pretty shallow self worth. I agree. Not many people ten years later that remember who worked the Big Ten tournament. Yeah,
0: back in yeah two thousand
1: twenty, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But but guess what? They remember, you know, Coach Jeff. Mm-hmm. They remember my friend Alan. They remember my friend Colin. They remember, you know, they they remember that because that's a connection mm-hmm. point. And so at the end of my basketball career, if I never get to officiate a single division 1 regular season basketball game, would there be some disappointment? Sure. Am I a failure? Absolutely not. I've already accomplished more than 99.9% of people that saw me the first day I ever stepped on a basketball court ever thought I would accomplish. <laughs> right. And I probably would have agreed with them on that day, you know? Uh, and so that's something I would say. If, if, you're a, if you're a goal-driven person, evaluate that goal and say, if I come to the end of my life and I don't accomplish that goal, am I a failure? And if your answer to that is yes, it's time to reevaluate because mm-hmm. that's not where our self-worth is found.
0: Yep. And I'm, this is what I'm going to say. Cause I know we're going to do another podcast Yep, and we're going to talk about a different subject. Yep. And I, I am going to encourage you to do tune into the next podcast because I am going to take what you just said and move it into the next podcast. Okay. Um, and, uh, I think, I think it'll all tie together.
1: I love it. Folks. Thank you so much for hanging with us during these times. We try to put something out there that, uh, is helpful when you're on the court or when you're on the field, but we also want to give you content that's helpful in all those times that you're not. Mm-hmm. And I hope this has been one of those today. I hope that no matter which side of this you line up on or you straddle the line somewhere mm-hmm. uh, with this, I, if nothing else, if it gets you just thinking about how you make decisions, if it just gets you thinking about those choices that you're making every day and what they're leading towards, I believe that's uncommon because I think most people are simply reacting to the world around them uh, yep. rather than consciously choosing to push the ball further down the field. Yep. And uh, you do that, you're going to be uncommon mm. in your drive towards success. Have a great day, everybody. Right. Have a good guy. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.